Gillian Keegan, I'd like to start with an issue that is concerning many parents, it's concerning MPs and also campaigners. You are reviewing sex education in schools. Have you found any evidence so far of what some people have said is inappropriate teaching, like children being taught how to safely choke one another in our schools? Well, that's what the dossier that Miriam Cates, my colleague, put together, which was actually a review of all the materials. And um, what we'll be doing the next part of this, uh, we're bringing forward the review and we'll be setting out more details uh, in, in, in the near future. But we'll be, we'll be looking for where um, there is evidence of that in schools. Um, so obviously you see some cases and we've been tagged in things on Twitter and stuff like that. But um, the question is really how... Um, how widely spread is this issue and we think most schools are probably uh, doing things in a, in a very reasonable age-appropriate way but of course that's what we need to check. So you don't believe at the moment that this is a widespread issue because some people have said that this is a culture wars thing that, that you know actually that the government maybe Conservative MPs want to stoke this up and it's not a real problem it's something that happens on the margins and the minority of schools what would you say to that? Oh, I think it's difficult to tell and I think it's quite a tricky subject and one of the things that we work at, so the guidance that we already sent out, uh, it was introduced actually and, and uh, made compulsory during the pandemic, introduced just before the pandemic, so it is relatively new. Um, so it is right that we would review and we would check what's actually going on. But I think there are, so there have been some cases of, for example, we say materials must be transparent and made available to, to parents and we have heard reports of parents saying that uh, they've been blocked from seeing materials or materials haven't been shown because of copyright reasons etc so we are planning to write out and just remind um, schools that that is an important check and balance because clearly parents want to know that their children are being taught in an age-appropriate way and they want to know what their children are being taught which is perfectly reasonable. Ofsted has said that they think it would be beneficial for schools to be given more guidance on teaching trans issues in schools do you think that schools should be forced to tell parents if their child is identifying as another gender within the school environment? Well, this is another uh, area that we are looking to bring forward guidance, so we've committed to do that. Um, we will be working uh, with a number of um, uh, stakeholders and then we'll be issuing draft guidance in, in, in due course and then obviously we'll have quite a long consultation because, it, again, it is quite tricky depending age-appropriate, parents, some parental involvement and consent, and clearly we want to make sure that we do the right thing for the child, but also to support uh, the parents and the teachers as well to, to know uh, how best to deal with those sensitive areas. What do you think about it, though? Because some people say, well, if a child wants to identify as one gender in school, they may not want to tell their parents that the school should protect them in that case, while others say, well, the parents have the right to know. Where, where do you stand on that issue? Well, it's not really for me to, before we've issued draft guidance and before we've had a consultation, to declare, uh, you know, what, what I think. I mean, the reality is, it's not really about what I think, it's what a whole load of stakeholders uh, think as well. And we do know that it's tricky to navigate this, particularly if there is a difference between, uh, you know, like an older child, potentially, and, and, um, um, and parents. But it is something that we do need to uh, get right, and it is something that we will have a long consultation on. And many people will get to give their views and obviously we'll have to work out uh, what, what the best thing is to navigate those but most importantly is to make sure that we support uh, any child in school. 
Do you think that schools push back enough on some of those areas at the moment? Or do you think that some schools find it difficult to know how much they should question a child's choices, particularly on gender? Um, I think it is probably difficult for some people. I mean, you know, we've just had a whole debate in, uh, across Scotland and, you know, we've seen where where that's gone. Um, and, you know, it is. there's no doubt that this is a difficult issue. It's a very complex issue as well. And, you know, the, there's competing rights in, in cases. So I'm sure that some people do uh, find it difficult. But, you know, that doesn't mean that we, um, you know, shouldn't be helping people navigate uh, their way through this. I mean, talking about what children may come into contact with, often parents are worried about the rise of misogyny online, of, of people like Andrew Tate that children may come into contact with on apps like TikTok and the attitudes that he promotes. Do you think that misogyny, online misogyny and attitudes to women is something that really should be part of the sex education uh, curriculum? Well, there are a lot of uh, parts of relationship and what's a healthy relationship, what's an unhealthy relationship. And I know many schools will have used this case as well because it was very topical. Um, so I think that is, a, a, you know, an ideal example of, you know, what, it, what isn't healthy in terms of, um, you know, promoting in terms of healthy relationships and what is a healthy relationship. So this is the whole point, you know, of having this um, time in school, this, this, this guidance and the... The, the time and space to discuss these issues. This this landscape has changed a lot, certainly since I was at school, probably since you were at school as well. You know, the rise of the availability of um, access to online uh, porn, which uh, obviously we want to try and reduce from uh, the other angle, from the online harms bill. But there is no doubt that children are getting access to materials which are deeply disturbing and clearly um, even even sharing with each other. So clearly we need to help them navigate that and really understand what is a healthy relationship. Yeah, I mean, on that particular point, revenge porn, of course, is something that, that many people are very concerned about. Is that something that you are looking to include? It's not currently on the curriculum. Do you think it should be? Well, I mean, I, you know, we don't set down the whole of the curriculum, but, I mean, there was a very, uh, you know, interesting case, I think Georgia Harrison was uh, talking about very recently, and I think, you know, there is certainly uh, a lot of the, the things that she experienced and obviously uh, was successful in the courts, has brought a lot of, um, you know, has highlighted this subject. And I'm sure that has been discussed. I'm sure that's been discussed in some schools. I want to ask you about whether you're comfortable with what some schools are using now. They are blocking children from having access to toilets during lesson times because there have been behaviour issues. And they're giving young women red cards if they're on their period to show those to get access to toilets. Are you comfortable with schools doing that? Well, I think what schools are trying to get the balance is making sure that you know, during the class time that everybody is in the class as much as possible, but also accepting, obviously, that uh, there are times when children will need to go to the toilet and, and uh, you know, that get, getting that balance right. Um, but, you know, what they're really trying to do is just to make sure that they can teach a full class, um, you know, what, during class time as much as possible. But some say it's, it's shaming girls, it's forcing girls to... to you know, say that they're on their period when actually they might find that very embarrassing. They might not want to do that publicly. Clearly, and you have to handle that very sensitively. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to make that public myself when I was in school age 13, 14. So, you know, I think that has to be also handled uh, in, a, in a sensitive way. I mean, schools, by and large, will get the balance right, but you will always hear stories where potentially they haven't and then hopefully uh, those discussions will be had with parents and teachers as well.
There's been a big debate about Ofsted recently. Do you think that Ofsted is fit for purpose? Because some people have said that the rating system at the moment, you know, good, requires improvement, is a blunt tool and needs a review. Do you think it does? Well, Ofsted is there, let's be, uh, let's be clear, first and foremost for parents. I mean, you know, we spend a lot of public money on schools, £58.8 billion pounds, uh, a year. And we need to make sure that we obviously um, get good value for money for that. And we need to make sure that parents know, you know, what's, what a school's good at and, and how a school's rated, etc. So most importantly, it's there to help parents navigate and choose what is a very important decision for their child. And I know most parents do, uh, do find it very useful uh, when choosing a school. So you think the current system works and doesn't need to be looked at again, despite the criticism? Well, the criticism, um, I think, was over, um, you know, the handling of, and there's a tragic case around, uh, you know, the head, Ruth Perry. That was a tragic case. But the criticism was around how that was handled. And I think Ofsted have put out a statement on that. Um, the, the criticism about going from outstanding to, to requires improvement, you know, and that being quite a big drop. But still, I think the system that's in place is there really to aid parents. And what you want to do is make it as simple as possible for parents. You are, of course, talking to teaching unions, teachers at the moment about pay. Are you concerned about strikes falling during exam periods? Well, I'm concerned about any strike. Uh, I've been concerned about every strike that's happened and any future strikes that may happen. They're disruptive for children. Our children have been through enough with the pandemic. Obviously, a lot of uh, young people are anxiously, um, you know, anticipating their exams as they start in, in May. And of course, um, you know, they're anxious already because many of them, it will be the first exam they've ever done. So we're really concerned to make sure they get all the support they need and strikes are really not helpful. Would you urge teachers not to do that? I mean, is it irresponsible, do you think? I've asked teachers not to strike. I've asked them to pause strikes so that they could come in and have discussions. I asked that on the 21st of February. Five strikes um, still went ahead. I've asked them in for pay discussions. We've had um, an intense period of pay discussions. We've made an offer of £1,000 additional money uh, in addition to 5.4% uh, for 22-23 this year and additional additional £1,000 for every teacher and head teacher. And also uh, we've made an offer of 4.5% for next year, 23-24. In the period September to September, the OBR... Uh, anticipate and forecast inflation will be uh, quite a bit below 2% by then. So that's, that's the, the context in which we've offered that. Uh, we've also said that we would fund that uh, on top of the £2 billion that I got within the first few weeks of the job. So we have tried everything. I mean, I personally have tried everything to get uh, money for schools in the autumn statement, to get um, more funding to, to fund this £1,000 uh, additional um, pay offer uh, and also... Uh, to make sure that school budgets um, can cope with next year's uh, pay offer as well as per the yeah. discussions we've had. Um, but I think it's really important that teachers are aware of this because if you go on Twitter and if you listen to a lot of uh, questions that I'm getting, basically people seem to think that it's not funded or it won't be funded. And the IFS have actually put something out very useful on their uh, uh, on their Twitter feed, which has said, you know, that they will have enough money, schools will have enough money, and of course, that includes an extra money that we'll be giving um, £620 yeah. million. Pounds.
And Gillian Keegan, just finally, we've obviously heard of the sad death of Paul O'Grady today. I just want to get your personal reflections on that news. Yeah, well, really sad. I mean, he's a fellow scouser I'm from Liverpool. I mean, he's a legend in Liverpool. He's a legend everywhere. Uh, and he's just such a versatile, uh, long career. Very sad, uh, very unexpected.